It is good to be in the house of the Lord. And um, if you didn't feel something this morning, I was going to say you're, you're it's, trying to light, it's like trying to light a fire and the wood's wet. Your wood's wet. And uh, God is in the house. Amen. And uh, I, I sensed his presence this morning so strong that, um, and uh, I received, I'll tell you, Bill, I got a chance to hear that word from Mac a little bit earlier, and, um, you know, most of you know my story, and I, I could use some healing, and I, I'll tell you what, I, I said this morning, I receive that, I take that, I, I, I accept that healing, and um, um, I got a, a, a word I believe the Lord's given me today. I, want, I would just want to share a few things I, I was sharing with Pastor this week, or last week. We've been here now, uh, Mary and myself, going on, uh, this August will be 14 years, and um, I've been watching what God has been doing at this fellowship. And um, it's not been an, an overnight thing like that. Uh, it was like our, our worship team when we came. We, we, uh, I started out with a drummer and a conga player. And, um, and now look what God's done. But it was added a little bit at a time, line upon line, precept upon precept. And what I've seen God do in this assembly is slowly but surely adding a, a couple here, an individual there, of what I call, and this is, what I, this is key, this is crucial, of what I call stickers and stayers. Now, it's a difference in people that are just every little wind of whatever, you know, and, and they're offended and they're gone, but stickers and slayer, stayers are those kind of people that they come in and... Um, I remember Dave and Rose when they came in. Pastor Norm was apologizing to them because we didn't have any greeters that Sunday morning. And they said, well, we'll do it. We'll greet. First time in the church. They walked in. You know what? They're still here. They're stickers and stayers. So God has put people in this place and said, this is my home. And you can offend me. You can make me mad. You can upset me. I've been here 14 years. You know what? I've been offended. I've been upset. And um, I would have probably walked off. I, I'm serious. But I knew that God sent me here. And because God sent me here, that made a difference. So stickers and stairs of those people that come in and say, and, and they, when they walk into the church, they don't walk in and say, what have you got for me? I think it was President John Kennedy that said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. How much more had that ought to be true in the kingdom of God? That we ought to walk in. You know, we have, we have a Christianity today. This is all free. This is, not, this is not my message. But I think some of the things that I'm sharing right now are important. We have a, a, a Christianity today in this United States of America that believes that we ought, it's a take it or leave it type of a Christianity. I will go through and I will pick out the things in God's word that I like and the rest of them, I'll just put to the side. That's not how God works. That's not how God works. He's looking for people who are ready to lay down their lives. People who are ready to say, you know, I must decrease. We don't like that. I must decrease so he can increase. Amen? Now that's good preaching. The word I, I, I shared with Brother Nate this morning, I said, you know, I said, this is, it, it's been a trend in my life. My dad was a preacher, 
And uh, boy, he was a ball of fire. And I had to go and preach at all these places that he'd preached at, and everybody was looking at me going, I wonder if he's a chip off the old block. And uh, it, it was difficult. But my dad always got to preach those messages, God is good, God is great, he'll do this and he'll do that. And I always had to get up and preach those messages, you better do this and you better do that. And it was hard. But there's a time when God's calling his people and saying, hey, it's time. It's time to get serious about serving the Lord. Amen? Amen? And uh, most of you know my story in, in, uh, of recent. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you anyway a little bit of it. But on Christmas Day, this last Christmas, I had a stroke. And I was totally paralyzed on my right side. And I couldn't talk. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. He's alive and well. When they sang these songs this morning, what a beautiful name. What a powerful name. They sang this morning. I couldn't make up my mind. They sang this morning. I went out, and when they were singing that song, There is a River, that's right out of Psalms 46, verse 4. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. At the beginning of that, it talks about God is our very present help in a time of trouble. I'm telling you what, it doesn't matter what you go through. We have a God that is there, and we have a God that cares. So God has a word for you today, and as I, as I got to thinking about it, and um, you need to receive this. Some of it might sound a little harsher, and it might just be a little plain and matter-of-factly, but I believe it's a word that God wants you hear, uh, to hear today. So since this stroke, since I had, as you can see, my right side is not paralyzed, and I got a big mouth and I can talk, because God is a healer. Hallelujah. Now, yeah, praise the Lord. I'm going to be trying to do a whole bunch of things that I normally don't do, which is use a clicker and follow notes, which I normally don't do. But I think it's important. So since the stroke, I have seen more doctors. I've been x-rayed. I've been prodded, I've been poked, I've been everything that you can think of, and I can tell you this, and I've been examined, and re-examined, and examined, and I know there's some people out, I see Car Carmen back there going, and Jack going, yeah, 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 so they can relate, and you know what, sometimes examinations can be painful, and some of us in the upper echelons of age. Won't mention any names, Jack. But I'm right behind them. It, it's almost like the guys that are tell, like to tell war stories, you know? It's like, yeah. Then we get these younger guys around that have, you know, they're not in that age where they haven't had, had experienced any of these type of things, and we start telling them, yeah, and then he did this, and then I did, and oh, it hurt, and then he did this, and, and it's like a war story, you know, where, and, 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 the, and the, the young man or the uh, sitting there going, 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't want to have to go through that. And we're encouraging them on. So this morning, if I can get um, John to put that first slide up, I think I better turn this thing on. I got to, let's see. I don't have my other glasses on, so. Might have to get some help here. See if I got it. I think I got I don't know if I have it on even. Can you put that first slide up, John? Is it? Okay. That wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the slide. Um, that's that's not the slide at all. <laughs> don't 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 tell me we ain't got the right slides in there, because I really need those. It's uh it should be the hope slide, John, and I saw it in there. He had it in there this morning. Pastor's right behind you. The title is just hope. All right. Um, while we're doing it, it uh, if I could have the ushers uh, pass out that uh, sheet, that handout, and um, so what we're going to do this morning is we are going to do a, an examination, and as I said, um, examination sometimes can be uh, can be painful. And, um, you know, another, uh, another thing that happens, by the way, I want to thank my, my mother-in-law. She's here this morning, Kathy. I want to thank her because she, uh, she spent the morning sharpening pencils so that you'd have, <laughs> thanks, Mom. And, uh, yeah, give her a hand. I'd like to thank Julie, too, for um, taking up the lead on worship there. We have, a, we have an awesome worship team, Amen. How are we coming back there, John? Okay. Yeah, because uh, that, that's going to help me a lot. You know, I'm not a slide person, and I don't, uh, but I did spend a lot of time on those this week, trying to, trying to make it a little bit better for you. Those of you that have your Bibles, uh, we're going to begin in uh, 2 Corinthians and the uh, 13th chapter. Most of my reading today is going to be out of, um, out of the uh, New King James. I have a couple of exceptions in there that I will be using today, but primarily the whole thing I've got is in, uh, in the New King James. I like that. Second Corinthians chapter 13, and we're, we're going to begin at verse 5. 
And um, I'll go ahead and read that. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that um, you are a good God, that your mercy endures forever, and that you're here with us today. Father, I pray that um, when all is said and done today, Lord, that you would be blessed, that you would be well-pleased at what takes place here. And God, challenge our hearts today, Lord, to, um, to um, be doers of the word and not hearers only. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read, go, go ahead and get started, and hopefully they can get those slides um, up and um, praise the Lord. You know, one of the things that um, a lot of years when I would go in, uh, I don't know, I think it was about maybe 10 years ago, I went in and started having what the, the annual physical. How many of you ever had one of those? Once a year you go in and they check everything out. And um, I, had, I had a habit that I did when I went in there. I would just, they, they give you a form when you go in there to, to fill out and it asks you a whole bunch of questions. Well, my my what I would do, my habit was just to take that thing and go, good, 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 good. And, and there may have been some things on that list that maybe weren't so good, but somehow, now I, I think guys are really prone for this. I just didn't want to admit that maybe in this area there was an issue. So I would just go down in that form and just go like that, and yep, 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 good, good, good. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. For the last five years, I quit doing that because some of those things became so prominent that I thought, <laughs> you know, what good is it going to do you if you just keep, you know, saying, yeah, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay, oh, great. We got her up there. Praise God. So anyway, let me see if I can get that first slide up. Ah, I don't know if you guys can read that or not. Anyway, so here we go. So, so this morning, you are now in the hospital, Okay. And we're going to do a spiritual examination of our lives. Amen? So, amen? Amen? amen. Good, good. And, um, and see what God says to our hearts. Amen? So, first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that uh, Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. King James says, unless uh, indeed you be reprobates. I didn't have enough room on the screen. I didn't think I did. But um, that's what it says at the end of, don't you know that Jesus Christ is in you unless you indeed are disqualified or reprobates. As I said, um, examination sometimes can be painful, uh, painful. So how do you examine yourself? But you got any idea? You know, I, I can tell you what one of the, what one of the proper or, or the improper ways that in Christianity today um, that, that that examination takes place. I will get a list of names and I'll look at them and I'll say, well, I'm, I'm doing better than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm better than that. And it's almost like, it's almost like when, when, the, when the, uh, the two were standing outside and the, and the one was wouldn't look up to heaven and smote his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And the other guy said, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Now you can say amen or oh me or whatever, but that's the truth. So how do we examine ourselves? 
Let's look at a few scriptures here this morning. Not too bad. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So God's word is living, and it's able to, to even know the, the intents of our heart, the thoughts of our heart. God's word, amen? Look at another scripture here. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants you and I to be equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? So this, this is good for instruction in righteousness, God's word. So we can examine ourselves and receive instruction from God's word. I'm going to read another one, um, and this is kind of a neat scripture. It's in James, and uh, I'm just going to read this one. I don't have it up. Uh, James 1, through 24 says, But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. So th this is saying when we are a doer of the word of God, we're good. If we are a hearer only, it's like you go into the bathroom, you look in the mirror, and then you walk away and you forget what you look like. So we need to be a doer of the word. We need to keep taking God's word in and being a doer of it so we can, that gives us a good picture of who we are in Christ. God wants us to be powerful, strong soldiers in him. So the word of God is our x-ray, it's our MRI, it's our CT scan, it's our ultrasound, all rolled into one. That's what God's word is, amen? Now this is going to be my main scripture that I looked at today that we're going to talk about, the main text today, and it's found in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the, church of, uh, to the church of Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, remembering you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. So, Paul here is commending this church in Thessalonica at, at the beginning of the book here. And he's commending them for three different things. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love appear six, I didn't know this, I didn't realize this. But there are six other places in Scripture where faith, hope, and love appear together. And the most common one is in, in the love chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, most of, uh, that are used in most Chris, uh, Christian weddings. This, these three, faith, hope, and love, was a favorite summary 
of the early church. When they wanted to put, just, just say, this, this is what Christianity is. It's about faith, it's about hope, it's about love. So that's the areas that we're going to examine ourselves in this morning. Is in, say this with me, work of faith. Oh, come on, work of faith. Labor of love. Patience of hope. Patience of hope. Let me read another scripture for you, and it's found in James. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do, you do not give them these things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So I read this and I say, hey, is my faith alive or dead? Do I have, life, do I have faith that's alive or dead? And then verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith uh, without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So is our faith dead or alive? Well, did you, did you help that person out? Ouch. Okay, here's a couple more scriptures here. I like the way, and this is a, one of the places where I deviated off. This is in the message. This is verse 18 again and, um, and, and uh, James 2. I can already hear uh, one of you agreeing, saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department, and I'll handle the works. Going on, it says, not so fast. Make sure I got that up there. You can, do no, you can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, hand and glove. So here he's just saying, you know what? It, it, there's something about faith. There's something that, that happens with if you believe, you act upon that belief. If you believe... Listen to me this morning. If you believe, you act upon that belief. And that's a reflection of your faith. It's the same with love. I, I find it interesting if, if, if we back up in, 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 in Thessalonians here, he called it a work of faith and a labor of love. I, I know that there's husbands and wives here who have been married for a long time and they can relate to a labor of love. There is work involved. There's work involved in marriage. There's work involved in love. Amen? So, now, listen. We are not saved by our works. We didn't gain our salvation by our works, and we can't keep our salvation by works. Amen? We're going to look at a, a couple of scriptures that reflect that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I thank God that I, by his grace, was saved. There wasn't a thing that I could do. There wasn't a thing that you could do 
that would earn your salvation, and there's not a thing that you can do to keep your salvation. It was by the grace of God that he looked down through time, and he saw me down in the miry clay, and he said, you know what? That guy needs help, and he can't help himself, so I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to die for him. Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for his salvation. Amen? I'm sorry, I'm dry. But, does anybody know what the next verse says? Okay? Let me read this one again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Let's look at the next verse. For we are his workmanship. Whose workmanship? His workmanship. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for? For what? I hear a few guys speaking out and the rest kind of mumbling under your breath. What do we... All right, here we go again. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for? For good works. You and I were created for good works. We're not saved by our works, but we were created for good works. You and I were created for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. We should walk in good works. Amen? Hey, you know what, that, what all that says to me? This is my translation. Our good works doesn't earn our salvation. It is an evidence of our salvation. Our good works does not earn our salvation. There's nothing I can do. God gave it to me. It's a free gift. But my good works and your good works is an evidence of our salvation. You know, you and I need to have some evidence. If I was going to go, you know, when we go into, um, I, I don't know if I have this scripture up later, but it just comes to my mind that uh, when we get into the realm of love, it speaks about the, that the whole world will know who we are by our love for one another. It's like our badge. It's like, it's like, you know, when the police car pulls up behind you and you see the bubble and he gets out and he's got the badge and he's got the guns. What he's got on identifies who he is. You and I, when we put on the love of Christ and, and they see how we, that love is going on from one to another, they can look at us and say, I know what the, who those people are. They're God's people. They're Christians because they're walking in love. It's an identification of who we are. So our good works does not earn our salvation. It is the evidence of our salvation. You know, again, somebody is sitting, you know, and I can, I can, you know, the devil just doesn't want a lot of times for us to hear the hard, cold truth of God's word. But what happened to me, I've got to be honest with you, as I've gotten older and I've gotten older, I, I, I want to go back sometimes and I want to look back. When I went to my, my uh, Pastor Jack's funeral, over 500 people were there and a number of them was able to stand up and share what an impact that that man had had on their life. And I sat there and looked at how old I was and, and thought, God, I want to have that kind of impact. I want to, I want to, I want to, make a mark for the kingdom of God, but when you are faced with the fact that I was paralyzed on my right side, I couldn't talk, I could have been in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I could have been dead. 
It causes you to want to examine yourself and look at your life. I will tell you this much. Since that time, I've done some examining. I've examined my life and I've made some changes. We need to be serious about our walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going to read a passage out of the book of Luke. And um, I, think it, I think it's a great illustration of faith and action. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood, on, uh, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little uh, from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5, but Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night long and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I love, I'm not a big fan of the NIV, but I love the way that verse 5 is put out in, in, in the verse 5 in the NIV. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the net. Oh, that we had a heart that could say, because you say so. Faith quite often doesn't make sense. It's so easy for us to say, that does not compute. But because you say so, that needs to be our heart. Because you say so, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Because you say so, I will love my neighbor as myself. That's a heap of loving. Because you say so, I will love my enemy. I will bless those that uh, curse me. Because you say so, I will strive for unity with all believers, even the ones that I don't like. Come on! Because you say so. Not because I feel like it. Not because it's something that feels good. You know what? Thank God that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, you know what? I'd rather not drink this cup. I'd rather not have to go through with this. But because the Father says so, I will. You and I need to have the heart that says, God, because you say so, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it, but I know that I serve a good God. I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? I know that he sent his son on the cross to die. I know that he loves me and I don't understand, but because daddy said so, I will. We need to have a heart that says, because you say so, I will. That's faith. You know what? Peter could have said, look, dude, I'm a fisherman. I've been fishing all my life, and besides, we just washed the nets. They're clean. You think I want to stick them in that water again, and I'm going to have to wash the nets again? And you're a carpenter. What are you trying to do? Tell me how to fish. But he said not. That's not what he said. He said, because you say so, I will let down the net. 
We need a heart that says, God, because you say so, I will. I don't have to understand it. He told two disciples one time in the Gospels, he said, go get a donkey in the next town and the little colt that's tied to it. I don't understand that. Somebody's going to ask me what I'm doing. I don't understand that. But because you say so, I will. Now, don't get funny on me. We got people that get funny with stuff like that. Yeah, God's my friend, and we went to the bar together. No, that's, that's not what God said. There's so much in God's Word about what He tells us about loving your enemies and praying for those that despitefully use you. And we go, well, that doesn't feel good. We need to get past feelings and get to faith and live a life that says, I don't understand this. I don't understand it completely, but Lord, because you say so, I know that you got my back. I know that God's got my back. So because you say so, I'm going to go. That's faith. That's faith. You don't have to understand it. God, give us the heart. That the disciples had when he said, go get that donkey. Go get that donkey. Give us the heart of our Savior that said, this is not the cup that I want to drink, but because you say so, I'll drink it. Amen? So faith, you know, you've got your little thing there, and I'm not asking you to put your name on it and hand it in. Just asking you to examine, how's your faith? How's your faith in the Lord? Labor of love. Again, work of faith, labor of love. Sounds like more work. Let me just read some scriptures on love. Probably the most commonly quoted one in the Bible. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I love this. I, I say it over and over. God loved the world so much that he gave. There was an action that went along. Love's not a feeling. God loved the world so much that he gave. Again, married couples, if you've been married very long, you know love is... There's the feeling, and it's great. But then there's, there's the, the thing that, that cements your life together. It's choosing to serve that partner, choosing to love that person, not because they're perfect, not because they do everything like you like it, but because you're committed to love that person. And love, you know, it, it's so much more. The world has, has what they say love is. And then we're going to see what God says. Let me read you a couple more scriptures. Uh, Matthew chapter 23, the, I don't have these down, verses 34 through 40. But when the, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Uh, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second, the second is like it. Um, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says this. 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That, to me, says that's a pretty important thing. That if you can love your, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself, you're pretty much, in, in essence, fulfilled what we're talking about today, the law of the Lord. Let me read you another one here. Um, John 13, 34, and 35. And this, like, I, I alluded to this a little bit earlier. Um, Jesus speaking, he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How does he want us to love one another? It says, as I have loved you. What did God do for you and I? What did Jesus do for you and I? He said, I want you to love one another just like I loved you. That's a lot of loving. He went to the cross and died for me. Does that, what does that mean? That means I need to be ready to lay down my life for my brothers and my sisters. That's a lot of love. Amen? By this, and th this, is, this is something that the world needs to see today. Okay? Not, not if, you look, if you look in the realm of politics today, we're not seeing unity. We're seeing the enemy. You know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We need to be praying for our leadership. Amen? We be, need to be praying for our president. We need to be praying for those in the Senate. We need to be praying for our country is in desperate need of prayer. But the Bible says here again, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How, you know, I want people to know who I am in Christ. And they're going to know it by, the, by my love when I display that love. What is love? The end of the, <laughs> this is the world. I'm going to, some of this is, is going to take you way back and some of it's so far ahead that I don't, I don't, know some of these people, but Jay Giles' band said, love stinks. Nazareth said, love hurts. The Eli, uh, Eli Young band sings, love ain't. In the movie Frozen, how many saw Frozen? Anna sings, love is an open door. Pat Benatar sings, love is a battlefield. NBA Young Boy, who, who, does anybody know who that is? Yeah, there, there. NBA Young Boys sings Love is Poison. And uh, this is, goes way back. John Paul uh, Young sang Love is in the Air. It's like something you can catch, you know. Love is in the air. So what is love anyway? Let's look at a, at a scripture that we alluded to a little bit earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And as you're as we're going through this, and I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is, this is pretty straight up this morning as far as, um, as far as the message. This is what God said love is. And as we go down that list, love is patient and kind. I'm not always patient. You know, what... <laughs> This is, this is, I, I, I said this earlier. This is us, this is us today. God give me patience, and I want it now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what I have found out, I, I, I learned a long time ago, don't pray for patience. Because another, there's another scripture in there that says that tribulation worketh patience. Well, I, I got all the tribulation I can handle, and I don't want no more. However, in the process of trying to work things through in your life, 
I find that God, God sometimes doesn't, you know, he gave us the gift of salvation. He gave us this, this, um, this wonderful thing and set us on the path. But like in the instance of, of patience, he may not, he just doesn't hand you patience, but he gives you lots of opportunities to be patient. And you have to make the choice if you want to keep going around the mountain or you want to get a little patience. And um, I was so frustrated. Confession is good for the soul. And um, God is healing this, this right hand and arm and it's gotten better and better and better. The first, uh, the first couple of um, weeks, I had to wear sweatpants because I couldn't zip my pants up. I couldn't button the button. I couldn't button shirts. I couldn't sp spread peanut butter on, on bread. I couldn't. And, I, and so, but, but amazingly, early on, I was able to actually take the checkbook and get a hold of that pen and write out checks and stuff like that. So I've got one of these little file folders. And um, I'm trying, you know, you write a bill and you put all the information on it. And I, you know, you put the stub in there and then you take the, the, the other part of it and you file it in that, in that uh, file folder. <laughs> and I'm trying to hold that file folder open and stick that thing down in there. It wouldn't go. I got so frustrated, I just, I didn't have patience. I was frustrated because I couldn't do something, and I couldn't do it right then. And, and uh, you know, well, now I, I found a little trick, and I can bend that thing back and fold that, that cover over so uh, I can put the bill in there. But, you know, this... It, Little things like that, we think they don't amount to anything, but they do. What's our heart? I didn't have the peace of the Lord right then. I was ready to speak my mind because I was frustrated. I, I didn't have that patience. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not uh, rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. These last three, which I don't have up there, I've got, I've got them, which we're going to go through one at a time, because to be honest with you, when I've read these before, I, some of the time I looked at those and I thought, what exactly does that mean? Sometimes, you know, it's all right. Sometimes we look at the Word of God and we say, hey, I, I, what does that mean? So let me just read it to you and then we'll go through them one at a time real quickly here. Uh, verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So we're going to just quickly go through those with, with a uh, short explanation of what those are. First one, bears all things. Love bears all things by patiently enduring wrongs and evils with a heart of forgiveness which covers over the faults of others. You know, I think it's First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, love covers the multitude of sins. Lo love doesn't cover. <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at all the warts on him. Look at his faults and points all those faults out. No. Uh, love has a heart of forgiveness and covers the faults of others with a beautiful graciousness that reflects the Savior and does not seek vengeance. You know, that's a difficult thing to do, especially if you're on the receiving end of somebody's faults. 
and, and they treat you uh, in a way that's, that you, uh, you know, it's, it's just hard. But here, here he's saying, you know, this, this covers the faults of others. You know, when, to, to have the heart to be able to look at somebody. You know, a lot of times when we make assessments of, of, our, of, of somebody, it's, it's generally how they treated me. How, how they treated me. They, they can't do that. And a lot of times there's, there's a wide range of ways that you can receive something. When somebody says something to you, there might be 15 different ways that you can take it. I think what this is saying here is find the best way and that's the way that you should take it. Don't, don't find the worst way and just walk away thinking that's what they meant. Find the very best way that you can receive what they said. Amen? Love believes all things. Love believes all things by looking for the good in others rather than suspecting the wrong. He seeks out the best in others with a gracious wisdom that does, that does not contone evil, but trust which trusts God's word to be both his plumb line for truth and his uh, standard for godly behavior. Love hopes all things. Love hopes all things by earnestly desiring the best in people as well as its life circumstances. Even when the worst seems to be knocking at the door, it is not an empty hope, but an ability to keep trusting the Lord in a situation that others have rendered hopeless. Last one there, love endures all things. Love endures all things by maintaining an uncomplaining attitude in every affliction and trial. Ouch. <laughs> uh. By maintaining an uncomplaining attitude. Hey, you know what? You guys should read this with me. Let's, let's, here we go, all right? Everybody with me? Love endures all things by maintaining an uncomplaining attitude in every affliction and trial, tribulation and temptation, persecutions and pain, whether it be for the sake of the saints or for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Love endures all things. Amen? Last one, and I'm not, I didn't spend a lot of time on this. Um, hope. Strong's. Uh, the Greek is elpis. Almost like P-E-A-C-E, -E, the peace of the Lord. Hope is not the sense of an optimistic outlook or wishful thinking without any foundation, but in the sense of confident expectation based on the solid certainty, uh, based on solid certainty. Biblical hope rests on God's promises, particularly those pertaining to Christ's return. The 13th um, in the Assemblies of God's foundational truth, a 13-1 is the blessed hope. And it's the resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in Christ. How many have got people that, that, that loved ones that have went on to be with the Lord? We're going to see them one day. This is what the church calls the blessed hope. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ and their translation together with those who are alive and remain for the coming of the Lord uh, is the imminent and blessed hope of the church. A long time ago, when I first started thinking about what ended up being this, 
one of the thoughts that was on my mind concerning hope um, is that we live in a world today without hope. You and I live in a world today where a lot of people do not have hope. And statistically, when I look at almost in every category that there is, the suicide rate has gone through the roof. When you have young teenagers taking their life, why? Because they don't have any hope. I think you and I need to be able to reflect to those around us that there's a reason that you can have hope. There's a reason that you and I can have hope. One of the scriptures talks about this, 1 Peter 3.15, says, But sanctify yourself, sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. That doesn't mean you go out and beat them over the head and tell them they're going to hell. It means you, you can tell them there's good news. There's good news that there's a God that cares for them, that has a plan for them, that loves them, and offer hope. We're the only, you know, Julie said it earlier, what's the name of our fellowship? The Hope. What better place to show the world that they don't have to end their life that way? Because there's hope. There's a reason to live. And when I think about, how many has ever read the Fox's Book of Martyrs? That people could go and be burned at the stake, committed to that, because they had hope. I've read incidents of people that stood and watched their kids when they took their kids' lives and they looked their kids in the face and said, I'll see you on the other side. Because their faith, their love, and their hope was reflected in their actions. They believed what God said. And they acted upon it. You know, Rachel, if you can come on ahead. Let me read a couple more scriptures for you. These are, I think, encouraging scriptures. Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Uh, thanks, I went, the, I went the wrong way, didn't I, John? All right, let me read that again. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? And then... There we go. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. I, I, I have to be honest. I said, you know, since I experienced what I experienced in my life, and I, Pastor Norm says this many times before we preach a message, we have to, we have to live it. We have, we have to kind of go through it. You know what? 
I didn't do so well. You know, it says down at the bottom of your form there. I got it in here somewhere. Somebody give me, give me one of those forms here real quick. There we go. I won't, I won't look at it. Here it is. Yeah, please fill out the insurance information. Guess what? We're covered. It's paid for. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. It's covered. Missing the full was paid in full at Calvary. The next thing on the bottom there says the spiritual consent form. When I had to get examined and they come up with what the situation was, I had to make a decision. Was I going to consent to the procedure? And I know there's a lot of people in the room physically that have been through this. What is that consent? That I'm going to lay on that operating table going to let a man take his scalpel and do what he set out to do. Would you stand with me this morning? That's what God's asking you and I to do. John said it this way. John the Baptist he said, I've got to decrease so he can increase. I've got to shrink down. I've got to become less so Christ can become more in me. You know, Sister Jen shared a few weeks back. I was so encouraged by that. It was last week or the week before last, Pastor Norm preached a message, and I was on fire by what I heard stirring up inside of me. God wants to do so much through you and I. The Bible says that all, the, all those good works He ordained for you and I before the foundation of the earth. He's got a good works for every single one of you in this place this morning. And He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Beyond our wildest imagination, God wants to use you and I to do great and awesome things. But it starts with surrendering self. So this morning, I'm not going to belabor this or anything, but you know, it was, it was pretty straight up and maybe it was a little bland, maybe it was a little rough around the edges, maybe it was, a, you know, not, not quite what you expected to hear this morning, but it was the truth. It was the truth of God's Word. 
When Paul was talking to the church in Thessalonians, you know, I read further on in the chapter, and it said, I looked at a map of where Thessalonica was, and he said, the word spread out from then, the word of God all around to, uh, to Macedonia and, and, and to Achaia. And I'm looking at this region, and they're, they're, you're talking in, in the area, there was like hundreds of miles. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have computers. They didn't have this form of communication that we have today. And yet the word sounded forth for them for hundreds of miles about their faith in God, about their labor of love, about their work of faith, about their uh, uh, patient endurance, looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? As a body of believers, the word should sound forth from hope. The word should sound forth from this place that people will know there's a God in heaven. Now, I'm just going to ask you a simple question this morning. You know, I, I said, I, I'm honest with you. I, 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 didn't, I got a lot of SGs on that. Not so good. And I had to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me to be. Help me to walk in that faith. The faith that says, hey, regardless, I don't understand. But because you say so, I'll do it. Help me to love like Jesus loved. To make those decisions. I believe God has a tremendous, tremendous work for this body of believers. I believe that with all my heart. But I believe that we're just about ready to experience a numerical growth. And what does that require? That requires you and I to be ready to change spiritual dirty diapers, to warm the milk, and give spiritual milk to the babes. And what does that mean? When you have a baby, you can't be concerned about you. You've got to be concerned about the baby. God wants us to be concerned for those around us. Amen? So if you want to be a part of that, or you, or, or you just feel like, hey, not so good, I could use some help in, in, in one or two of those areas. Maybe, you know, I, I think like a, you know, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, one thing thou lackest. And I thought, man, if Jesus said to me, one thing you lack, I'd be shouting and jumping and going, glory to God. Yeah, only one thing. But there was probably five, six, seven things that I had to say, wow, not so good. That was me, not so good. But I'm working on it, and I'm asking the Lord to help me. So if you want to be a part of that, this, I, I, I believe that God is doing something in this assembly, and he wants to do something, and he's encouraging us to grow up in him, to grow up in the Lord. So if you, we're just going to say a closing prayer, simple as that. But if you want to be a part of that, and you looked at, you took the exam, and you said, you know what, I could use some help in those areas. Just make your way up to the front. We're going to say a closing prayer, and we'll be good and gone today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. Father, I thank you for this body of believers. God, I believe you have a, a tremendous work that you've ordained for us to do in northern Michigan. And God, I pray for these folks standing in the front here and those that are not standing in the front. God, that you would talk to our hearts, that you would speak to our hearts. And God, we're saying to you right now, would you just say with me this morning, Lord, I need you. I understand that I fall short, but I'm trusting you. God, help my unbelief. Help me to walk strong in you. Help me to have the kind of faith that just says, because you say so, I will. Help me to have the kind of love that doesn't think about myself, but thinks about others. And have the hope of your imminent return stamped on my heart. Cause this all to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord bless your day. Uh, you know, let me, let me just close with this. I don't know if any of you know, Franklin Graham um, had put out a, uh, a request, United States-wide, that we would pray for our president. So in closing, I'm just going to say a prayer for our president. It's not political. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. I don't care which side, left or right. It doesn't matter. The Bible tells us to pray for those in authority over us. Amen. So, Father, we lift up our president, President Trump, to you this morning. And, Father, we pray that you would touch that man. Lord, I don't know where he stands as far as salvation, but, God, if he's not, we pray for the salvation of his soul. I pray that you would strengthen him, encourage him, surround him, Lord, with godly counsel. God, surround him with godly counsel. God, help his heart to be tender towards you. We understand, Lord, that it's only you that can change a nation. It's only you that can bring us to the place that we need to be. So we pray for this man that you would encourage his heart. And God, use him as an instrument in your hands to bring this nation back to you. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you.